a lot of people have had a career and now they're ready for a change. And the older you get, the more interesting finances are for most people. I'm Matt Fazell from Madison, Wisconsin, and you're listening to You're a Financial Planner, Now What? The podcast to help you fast track your career by bringing you meaningful conversations on topics that influence new financial planners, their careers, and the lives of their clients. Mike Harris, CFP, has watched financial planning change over the last four decades. He's got stories about the evolution of the profession with a professor's point of view about what matters today. Up next, Mike sits down with Hannah Moore CFP to explore what it was like to be an advisor in the 80s, all the changes he's seen in the world of finance, and why he believes that professional designations are key for you to thrive through the revolutions and evolution to come. Did you know the pace of baby boomer retirements accelerated in the past year? With more boomers hitting retirement age, the need for financial planners who can help them achieve the quality of life they desire post-retirement is growing too. Expand your expertise in defining a roadmap to retirement focused on clients' pre- and post-retirement needs with a chartered retirement planning counselor designation program through the College for Financial Planning, a Kaplan company. FPA members save 15% on eligible Kaplan programs. Get started today on an industry-recognized credential that can help set you apart. Visit kaplan.com forward slash FPA members. Well, thank you, Mike, for joining us today. Thank you. So one of the things that makes you particularly interesting is just the amount of time that you've been in financial planning, having started in the late 80s. Um, and you are, you know, teaching other financial planners. Um, so I'm really curious, you know, in your role as this educator uh, of other financial planners, how have you seen this evolve over the last several decades? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, when I, when I got in in 89, you know, we had to bring a, a slate and a chisel and our calculator was our was an abacus, but uh, but but what I think's happened from the late '80s until today in financial planning is things have become more complicated and more uh, more stressful. Uh, it, it when I uh, when I, I passed my CFP test in uh, in. 1989. And then I started teaching it, uh, CFP to financial planners uh, right away because I was, I was going to school. And, uh, and I really thought in 1989, 1990, that I could be an expert in every area of financial planning. I would be just fine in insurance and in taxes and in investments you know, estate planning, you know, retirement planning, you know, I thought, I thought one person could probably really master every single bit of it. And uh, that might have been true back in the day. I, now that I look back, I I don't think I was as smart as I thought I was, but, uh, but, but today to, to really be an expert in, in every single area of financial planning, from insurance to investments to taxes to retirement to estate planning, that is a real hard ask. And then keeping up, you know, with all the tax law changes and, and all of that. So I think I think what's happened is uh, it's become more complicated. On the other hand, I think there's a general understanding in the American society that, uh, you know, that I need help with, with my finances. Uh, you can get a PhD in America and never be taught to write 
to how to balance your checkbook, you know, uh, and people, people start knowing it, you know, after they've been in the workforce for a little while. And then, and then we are, we are a society that has materially done pretty well. And so there, there are assets out there, uh, but man, there's also uh, a lot of calls on everything. And then, and then people, I think, just assume that they, you know, that they know stuff that they don't know. Uh, I have a, uh, the person who was my assistant for 13 years when I worked at a mutual fund, her, her, her daughter married a guy who had a couple of children uh, from a previous marriage. And then, and then uh, after they'd been married for about 10 years, uh, he, you know, he got cancer and was dying over about a year. This was right after I, I left the mutual fund family. And, uh, and I wanted, I wanted to say, Hey, you know, uh, let me, let me talk to him and see if, but I, I didn't want to push in. And I, uh, you know, I, I was already busy on my own and this was kind of pro bono stuff, but, but, uh, but I really wanted to talk to him, but I didn't say, Hey, let me come talk to you. And it turns out what the guy did was he changed his, his children from his former marriage were both grown and gone and, and, and doing fine. But he made their daughters from his second marriage, the beneficiaries of his life insurance and the, and the heir uh, of his will. And I have a feeling if I would ask him, you know, what are you wanting to do? He was, he would say, you know, I want to take care of my, of my kids and, and my, and my wife, you know, but, but I never did. I mean, this is, this is an estate planning tragedy from a guy who, you know, if you looked at it, you'd say, you know, who needs estate planning? Well, Bill Gates needs estate planning, but what about this guy? He needed estate planning bad. And, and I really feel like I let him down by not pushing in. It's something I really, I really regret. I should have said, Hey, (laughs) you know, we're friends. Let me, let me chat, you know, but there was always this, that, and the other thing going on. Well, that's what's so interesting. You know, I I asked you like, you know, what's, what's changed over the years. And you said that it's more, um, I believe you said it was more um, complicated and stressful. And I had to kind of laugh inside because I was like, well, I surely relate to that as a financial planner, but I think the general public relates to that as well. So I think it's across the board. Absolutely. But, and, but see the general public thinks, well, you're, you know, you're in the business. I mean, I would have people tell me when I worked at the mutual fund, well, I mean, you know, you're in this business, you know, what's going to happen to the stock market. And I was like, I'm not a, I'm not a fortune teller. You know, I, I can't see the future. Now you can, your vision of the future is, is more accurate in 10 or 20 years with a diversified investment, you know, that you stay with or whatever. But but they really think we know a lot of stuff. And then, and then in my opinion, the industry as a whole uh, does a great job teaching people how to gather assets under management. You know, what do you look for? How do you overcome a sales objection? You know, how do you, how do you close? You know, how do you really serve people after, after they've become your client? Uh, you know, I, I, on the asset side, but on the, on the 
non-asset gathering side, you know, taxes, retirement planning, estate issues and insurance things. And uh, I just don't think, I just don't think a lot of people know that, you know, know things. And then, and then we're assumed to know them. And I, I had in the, in our CRPC program, I, I had a guy that, that, you know, called me, who was a student. He was a, he was a lawyer and he'd been in the retirement business, you know, for about 30 years. And he decided to take the CRPC because, you know, he wanted to see, you know, freshen up and, and he was studying with his wife. And so she would ask him questions out of the book and then he, he wouldn't know it. And she kept saying, uh, you mean you don't know that? Uh, well, no, you know, I, I don't. Okay. Well, let's, let's talk about this with social security. Uh, what's up with this? And it's like, well, I, I'm not sure, you know, and, and she, he was telling me, she kept saying, you mean you don't know that? And, and, and he didn't, uh, even though he was very intelligent and very personable and, and a really good guy, you know, I, he, he just hadn't realized what he didn't know, you know, until we took them off the, off the normal track. You know, this is how you gather assets. What makes me so excited about this podcast and the people listening to this, this is not required for coursework. People are, if somebody's listening to this, they want to be a great financial planner. Right. How do you stay on top of everything. So we're not that financial planner who's just, you know, has these just huge blind spots in our, in our practice area. How do we stay on top of all of the changes that are happening of all of the education that we have? It's not easy. You know, one of the things I think you do is you read books. For example, uh, let me grab this book here. You know, I, I'm so happy because I, I actually this summer read through Ed Slot's The Retirement Savings Time Bomb. I have, this is about my fourth rendition, you know, edition of it, of this particular book. And, and, and I was able to read all the way through and I have traditionally had a hard time getting through, even though he does a great job, it's just me, you know, you, you sit down and you start reading and then you want to fall asleep. Uh, But maybe since I'm reading it for my, you know, for my job at the, you know, at the college for financial planning, it, it, it gave me caffeine or something, but I mean, there are, there are some really, some really good books. Uh, Jeremy Siegel's book stocks for the long run is, is a great, uh, a great work that just the stories at the first of each chapter that deals with various issues, man, they are, they are golden. Uh, I mean, when I, when I did our uh, master's program and we had a class on investing, uh, I used a lot of the stuff out of his book and, and he's written the book. He started writing it in the nineties. It's called stocks for the long run. And, and I have like edition two, four, two, three, four, and like five, I think it's in the fifth edition. Now that's the latest one. And, uh, and, and, and I've, I've always purchased the the old ones if I could see it just to see if he'd changed anything. And man, when you look over long categories, they hadn't really changed much. And then of course, you know, uh, if you're a C, uh, if you're a CFP, you need your continuing ed. Uh, and then continuing ed, there's a lot of places you can get it uh, for free or for very low cost. And, uh, 
and 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 some of them are really good uh but but when i do it when i do those you know a week later i i can't really remember that much of what you know of what was said uh now i do think getting a designation uh you know getting some designations can really help you you know and then you can look at you can look at hey what what do i really need to do i'm you know, I, I've been in the business for a little bit. What do I need to learn more about? So maybe it's investing. And so, at you know, at the College for Financial Planning, we have the AAMS, which is our sort of introductory uh, investments. We have the APMA, which is our advanced investments. Uh, we've got we've got a designation called AWMA, which is on high net worth clients. We've just come out with two recent ones, the CISRIC, C-S-R-I-C, which is on socially responsible investing. And then and then we just uh, put out in this year for the first time, the ABFP, which is on behavioral finance. But I think you have to you have to really fight for uh, fight for time for training because because, uh, you know, this business is about gathering assets. And if you don't gather assets, you're not helping people accomplish their goals. I remember in, uh, in 1993, it was the last time the CFP tests were being given before they, they added the comprehensive final. And, and that was really good for me because, because a whole lot of people wanted to get through their CFP program without uh, having to take the comprehensive final. And, and I was working with a really, uh, a really good uh, broker dealer and their people. But man, they were, they were so focused on, you know, here's what we do and here's how we bring in clients. And, and it's like you have one more test to pass. Uh, it's on estate planning. It's not easy, uh, you know. And if you'll pass it this time, you you get your CFP without having to go through the comprehensive file. And I still had to, you know, go into those guys' office and say, "Hey, come on, uh, young lady, uh, come, you know, come get into class." Oh, I've got to make one more client call, you know. Uh, so, so it's always it's always difficult to take time for training. You know, just because our 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 lives are so crammed full, but man, on the other hand, uh, training can really help people. Uh, we do we do a, what we call a survey of trends. I think we do it every year, uh, and and then we ask people uh, who've just passed some of the designations. You know, hey, uh, how much of a difference has this made in your business? And I mean, the average of all the designations is, you know, I've had my revenue generation go up by about 11%. Uh, now in some of them it's higher and some of them it's a little bit lower than that. But, but the reason I think people are self-reporting uh, gains in revenue after doing a designation is that number one, you've got something new to talk to your clients about. You know, hey, I just did the certified retirement planning counselor uh, program, and you know, I knew I knew most of it, 
Uh, now, most is defined technically as 50.1%, right? <laughs> so you can say, well, I knew 50.1% of it. So I knew most of it, but, but I really learned a lot of new things and I saw some things that were different and, and I'm going to apply them, you know, to you. And, and I think that's, you know, the people who see increases in their revenue after designation are talking about that designation and how they learn new things and how it's helping them out. And, and that's, that's different than, okay, it's time for our, uh, you know, our annual evaluation. Well, what's up with you this year? You know, uh, nothing. Well, what's up with you? Well, I, I want you to put more money into the ABC growth mutual fund. Well, we're pretty tight at our house, you know, well, you could probably do another hundred bucks a month, right? Oh yes. You know, can you refer somebody? That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, it's really a battle to keep up. We see the changes that have happened over financial planning over the last several decades, uh, the rise of the college programs yep. where there just were hardly any. And now there's, I mean, there's like, was it two or 300, 300 oh, yeah. plus different CFP registered programs around the country. Like I personally, I think it's one of the most um, transformational things that has happened in our, in our profession. What does a typical student look like? Like, has it changed from just, you know, a career changer to more undergrads? I'm curious, or you know, or recent college graduates, how have you seen the the typical student for you change? They're really they're really coming from everywhere. Some people, you know, went through college and they were registered and they could take the CFP final. And and then I had a I had a class with with college students, uh, and these these students had been through Baylor, you know, in in uh, Texas, and Baylor's a a very good school. In fact, both my kids went to Baylor. Sick and bears. <laughs> there you go. There you go. When you're in college, though, you haven't breathed the air long enough really to uh, to understand what the words mean. Now, you understand what the words mean, but to really understand it. And so it takes some time, I think, of sort of being an adult before you before you start understanding, yeah, these taxes are an important thing, you know. Now you knew, and you could do a multiple choice test that said, "Are taxes are important or unimportant?" You know, well, they're very important, you know. But but just to have the, just to have the the heart, and the and the total understanding as opposed to the the surface level, but uh, but you know, there are a lot of college students that go straight into financial planning and, and, and that's awesome. And they do, and they do well, uh, and, you know, and even if they did really poorly, <laughs> if it was my child, I would want them to start out working for a financial, uh, planning firm just so they would begin to get the mindset. Hey, I have to, I need to save for the future and there are ways to plan ahead. Even if they, even if they decide they want to do something else, I really think it's it's really beneficial to have had some early exposure to that after you're done with education where is this on the test you know well all of life is a test and it's all on the test you know and so and so for for college students coming in uh man you know if you've got if you've got the uh the time the talent the training the temperament to be in the industry you're going to be okay 
if you can hang in there long enough to, uh, you know, to gather some assets or to work for a, a good firm. And then there, there also, and I, I think it's about a third of people coming through the CFP are career changers. So, I mean, that's what I was, you know, I was, I was in the air force and then, uh, and then I got out and my initial plan was to get out to become a financial planner. And, and then I, uh, started, I, uh, I was called to go to seminary. And so, and so while I was in seminary, I was training financial planners on financial planning, uh, being a professional student for them and, you know, helping them to understand the material. But a lot of people have had a career and now they're ready for a change and finances, the older you get, the more interesting finances are for more, most people. You know, and then other people, and I, I think it's at least a third, probably 40% have been in the industry for, for at least a while. And now they say, Hey, you know, I really want to get my CFP or they're working for a, uh, an organization that says, Hey, you know, you're dealing with, uh, with, uh, clients, you need to be getting your CFP and they encourage them to, but, uh, but the greatest thing to me about the CFP is it doesn't start off with, you know, the, the sports analogy, you know, which, which of these, which of these stocks is going to win, you know, uh, it starts out with how do we accomplish your goals? You know, how much money is it going to take for you to retire? How much money is it going to take for you to be able to say, uh, child, I'm going to pay for half your college and you're going to pay for the other half, or I'm going to pay for all of it or, or whatever. So the, the greatest thing to me is about the CFP program is it, it takes you through just about every area of financial planning, uh, and gives you a wide exposure with a mindset of how are you going to use this to accomplish goals? And that's, that is really valuable, you know, because what difference does it make if I put you in the absolute best mutual fund, which nobody can pick for the next three, you know, 30 years. Uh, but I got you in the absolute best one, but we only put in a dollar a month, you know, and so, man, you, you could tell all your friends what a great mutual fund you had, but, but when it came time for your daughter to go to college, you said, well, you know, we can't afford to go there. You're going to have to go to community college, you know, or came time to retire. You know, you say, well, I was kind of hoping we'd work longer, you know, a comp the, the thought process of a financial planner, as opposed to, let's say a stock broker, a stock broker wants you to get into good investments. A financial planner wants your investments to accomplish your goals and, you know, they need to be good investments or, or, or you're not being very efficient in accomplishing your goals. Oh, I love that. That's such a great, such a great clip right there. Of what's, what's the difference? What makes us different as financial planners and how we even think about our roles, which I think is, is, is really, uh, really powerful. So I'm curious, you know, uh, and again, your perspective is so interesting having being, you know, the educator for some, for so much time, how have the opportunities for financial planners evolved over that time? Number one, the mutual funds are doing more. The mutual fund family I was with had, you know, if you have a certain amount of assets under management, then you were assigned to somebody who became your, your person. In the 90s, that never would have happened. The mutual fund itself would say, we don't give advice and 
look at how well the ABC fund is doing, you know, but it's also, I mean, there, there are people that are in the industry full-time going hard, making, making a lot of money, doing, doing well. There are other people who are in the industry doing just fine, but, but they have control. If you're independent, you have control over your time, you know? So, um, you know, my, my kid has a uh, junior high basketball game tonight. Uh, well, if you're, if you're independent, you can say, I'm not selling tonight or, you know, I'm going to be there. Whereas if you're working for somebody else, then, you know, you got to take time off or, or whatever. But uh, so there's, there's just, there's more boutique, but, but boutique, it's it's women's small women's clothing store is called a boutique, right? <laughs> so there are there are boutiques that that say, hey, you know, we deal with people who work for Southwest Airlines. You know, that's where most of my clients come from, or you know, or you know, Texas Instruments. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of my clients from Texas Instruments or something, and and so uh, everything in the entire industry has just spread out. You know, there's, there's something somewhere, you know? Uh, and so it really gives people a lot of, of, uh, a lot of flexibility in, you know, how do I want to live my life? Uh, you know, and so, and so there's just, there's just more opportunities probably today, you know, than there were, uh, in the past. It, in, in the, you know, in the dim distant future of the eighties and nineties, it was, it was pretty much, you know, investment professionals, you know, come to me. Why? Cause I will get you the highest return known to man. You know, uh, you know, we're going to get out of, out of, uh, you know, general mills and get into general electric or something. Uh, but, but it's much, it's much more become about planning, uh, and, you know, fees have have come down and, you know, commissions are an anathema to our society today. Oh, uh, you know, a commission. I would never pay a commission. You know, well, you know, assets under management every single year. The uh, <laughs> I, I do college funds for some of my clients and, you know, my compliance department would never let me put them in, put a two year old child money into a, into C shares or something, you know, I mean, an upfront, an upfront commission and a lower annual fee keeps you regulator happy. Uh, but, but then, but then when that exact same regulator, uh, you know, you say, Hey, listen, uh, you're done, you're done evaluating me. Let's talk about you. Don't you have a three-year-old? Yes, I do. You know, well, wouldn't it be great to save for their college? Yes, yes, that's great. Well, uh, let's put you into this, uh, you know, into these A shares. No, no, I don't want to pay a commission. You know, it's the same guy. The guy just said, uh, you know, you should be in, you should pay a, a commission and have a lower fee if you're, if it's going to be a long term thing. But then when he's wearing his, his I'm an American person in society hat, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, you know, the I after I'd been in for a while, I sort of figured out if people don't want to pay me, I I don't want to play with them, you know, 
because uh, they're going to take a lot of my time and not want to pay me anything. And, and I have a family to feed and there's plenty of other fish in the sea, you know? And so it's a totally different world than it was when I first got in. With the rise of, you know, all these college programs, uh, with the rise of, I, I want to say professionalizing, um, mm-hmm. what, who firms are, you know, it's, there are so many more opportunities now for, for new planners to go work for somebody else to learn what financial planning is versus just having to go hang a shingle out now. Right. Everything is, has positive and negatives. If you hang out your own shingle, you're your own boss. And as long as your broker dealer will, will keep you around, you know, you, if you do really well, you'll do really well. If you do really poorly, you'll do really poorly. Uh, but with, with so many places where, you know, I think of them as client generators, you know, where do the clients come from? Do they come from me and my personal, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the one out there getting the client and then handling them. That's hanging your own shingle. And, but you also can, can work for somebody who, I, I mean, man, when I worked for a mutual fund, I had clients everywhere and the hard thing was having time to even go home, you know, because, because there's, there were, there were millions of clients, you know, and they all wanted to talk to me. (laughs) That was, that hadn't been the same way when I was out all by myself. Uh, But, but both, both really have advantages. I, I do think if somebody is young and just getting started out, Starting with somebody, you want to be with an employer who will mentor you along, not just say, hey, you know, get your mom and your uncle's money and maybe your brothers and, you know, and then, well, I guess you can't find anybody else. So maybe you should do something else. But it, but if you work for, if you work for somebody who they generate the clients and then they pay you a salary or salary and bonuses or whatever, then, uh, I think that's a gentler way to get started. Uh, it certainly calms your creditors' nerves early on. What would be your advice for uh, new financial planners who are starting starting in the profession today? The first thing I'd say is you want to know if you like the subject matter. You know, uh, well, I saw I saw these movies, and you know there was so much money on wall street and they had yachts and they did this and that and they ate big shrimp and, you know, got to date Daryl Hannah or whatever. Uh, that's, that's really, that's all really nice. But uh, what do you think about stocks and bonds and mutual funds and insurance and taxes and retirement? And, and you're, you don't have to know it all at first, but, but I do think you want to think, you know, this is really interesting. You know, some things more interesting than others, but, but in general, I kind of like the normal things that we deal with. You know, I, I like to, to understand mutual funds. I like to learn about ETFs. I like to learn about tax stuff or retirement things. So the first thing I think you'd want is, is, you know, an enjoyment of, of the thing you're dealing with. And then the second thing is, I think if you are, if you are independent, then it all has to do with your ability to, to make sales. If you are working for a client generator, then it has, 
all has to do with your ability to do whatever they tell you that makes them happy. Like, you know, I just want you to service these people or I want you to, you know, service them and then bring some more people in, you know. So so the sales aspect is always going to be important. And uh, and if you if you if you really like number stuff, but you don't want to talk to people. There are all kinds of jobs in the financial services industry for you, but they're not client facing, you know. Uh, and then and then you want to actually start learning something. <laughs> you know, dealing with people's money is is really important. I mean, uh, I mean, money means it means food and it means shelter and it means education for your children. It means the ability to, you know, to accomplish things you want to have happen in your family. And, and so uh, money's a really important thing. And, and so it should be fun. It should be something that people like you, you know, if, if the truth is you're the only one who knows anything in the world and everybody else is, is, uh, you know, hoi polloi, the unwashed masses, you're probably not going to do a, you're probably not going to be happy in the, in a, in a people industry like financial planning in the client facing, uh, you know, positions. And, and so, and so being happy, knowing things and, and man, it's what, when, <laughs> when I first got into the CFP program, I thought I was a mutual fund genius. Cause I'd, I'd read, books about it and I'd been dollar cost averaging for a while and there was so much more I had to learn. I, I, I honestly thought I was this mutual fund picking uh, guru and I didn't even know, I didn't know what a beta was. I didn't know what a correlation coefficient was, you know, but, but I learned <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then it's always a fight to keep up you know, changing tax laws, uh, people's situations are changing. So I, I would say, I would say like the material in general, or you may want to look somewhere else, be good with people and helping them accomplish their goal. And them liking you is one thing, but them liking you and writing a check to start an investment plan that's that's way better that's way better for them and it's way better for you and then one of the ways you make that happen is actually knowing things uh you know and and that's where you know this is after the cfp you know post cfp so you've already got your cfp that's a great foundation you know but but continuing to learn uh, and making your Making your continuing ed count, not just, hey, this was free, this was easy, uh, I've, I've checked off the squares, you know, but actually being interested in, in changing and learning and doing more. Oh, such good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for being with us today. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. 
Did you know the pace of baby boomer retirements accelerated in the past year? With more boomers hitting retirement age, the need for financial planners who can help them achieve the quality of life they desire post-retirement is growing too. Expand your expertise in defining a roadmap to retirement focused on clients' pre- and post-retirement needs with a chartered retirement planning counselor designation program through the College for Financial Planning, a Kaplan company. FPA members save 15% on eligible Kaplan programs. Get started today on an industry-recognized credential that can help set you apart. Visit kaplan.com forward slash FPA members. Love what you hear on this podcast? Join us in the FPA Activate Facebook community, where you'll find a community of other passionate planners like you. Not only that, but there are live How We Do What We Do sessions focused on what real financial planning looks like in practice. Be sure to join us there to lend your voice, become a better planner, and help grow the financial planning profession.